And welcome on in to CBS Sports Radio. Ryan Hickey here with you on this Tuesday. Welcome. Appreciate you making us a part of your Tuesday evening. We're us. But right here at CBS Sports Radio. We have some major beef. Me versus the AP poll. I'm not kidding when I say this. The AP poll needs to be disbanded for their voting of the college football rankings this week. Georgia sitting there at number one is malpractice. It is absolutely college football malpractice. You know what the AP poll is not? The AP poll is not a lifetime achievement award. What you've done in the past has zero influence and or impact on how you are playing or should be perceived this upcoming season. When you look at Georgia being number one, I don't care about their 22-game winning streak they have right now going. I don't care that they are the two-time defending national champs. That's all great. Not taking anything away from them. But in 2023, the 22-game win streak, the back-to-back national championships are irrelevant. Should have zero impact on how this team is perceived in 2023 and 2023 alone. And yet for me, I think that's the biggest reason why we're sitting here right now going into October and Georgia's still sitting there at number one. It's egregious. It's absolutely egregious. There should be two voting criterias each and every voter uses when putting together the order of the best teams in the country. It should be, how do you look? The eye test. And who do you play? How do you look? And how do you play? And right now in 2023, Georgia to me is 0-2 in both of those categories in terms of being, forget number one in the country, a top five team in the country. They're 0 for 2. Let's break it down. The eye test, first and foremost. How does Georgia look? Through five games, how have they looked to you? Let me ask you this question. Whether it's one game or whether it's five games, watching Georgia play in 2023 and 2023 only, how have they played in the center or what have they done to make you think they are the best team in the country? I haven't seen anything. Let's just go back to last Saturday, a few days ago. They're playing a bad Auburn team. You could tell me, Ryan, oldest rivalry in the Deep South. Ryan, it's a conference game. Ryan, it's a road conference game. If you are the best team in the country, you're going in there and blowing the doors off of a bad Auburn team. They survived that game. They survived that game in the back of one of the best overall players in the country, Brock Bowers. So in terms of building a resume with how you play and being a top five team this season, Georgia played a bad Auburn team and barely won, was down 14-3 to a middling South Carolina team at home before coming back to win that game and winning that game by 10. So they barely beat a bad Auburn team squeaked by and had a horrendous first half against a bad South Carolina team at home. Their offense has not been pretty whatsoever. Let me tell you this. Carson Beck, he ain't Stetson Bennett. But a lot of jokes made at Stetson Bennett's expense. I have questioned a lot Stetson Bennett's ability to win Georgia a national title, especially back in 2021. I thought it was a big mistake for him 
coming back in 2022 because I did not think he'd be able to equal and or surpass his play in that first national title winning season. His credit, he proved me dead wrong. Stetson Bennett Bennett was a way better quarterback that I think he'll get credit for nationally uh, throughout his career, but especially the last two years. Here's a big part of that repeat by Georgia. And you especially see it now when you watch Carson Beck play. He is nowhere near the level Stetson Bennett played at in order to get this team at that elite level. So you're struggling against bad teams. Offense does not look very good whatsoever. And your defense, right, the calling card for Georgia, built on a strong, star-studded defense, faced an Auburn team that was 83rd in total offense going into Saturday and allowed them to run all over them. Run all over them. Up the middle, outside. Couldn't stop Peyton Thorne, who, with Cam Newton in the building, did his best uh, best Cam Newton impersonation, running the ball really well, and made a bad, right now, Auburn offense look competent, look good, frankly. So I don't think Georgia's passed the eye test whatsoever. If we're talking about two parts here, how do you look, how do you, you know, and who did you play? The first part, how did you look? I can't sit here and tell you Georgia's looked like a top five team in the country. How does struggling against two inferior conference opponents with an offense that right now has been up and down and a defense that is not dominant, not elite whatsoever, how does that scream top five team in the country? It doesn't to me. So in the two criteria voters should use in terms of dictating who is the best team in the country, Georgia right now in terms of the eye test, how do you look? 0 for 1. Okay, let's go to the other category. Who did you play? Because I think you can still be a top five team and or the number one team in the country if you don't look great every week, but your resume is strong. Okay, so Georgia's not looked good, but I'm sure since they're the number one team in the country, and obviously every voter appreciates and respect the fact that this poll is for 2023 and 2023 only, no prior experience, no prior season should come about and influence how you view a team this year. I'm sure their resume must be stacked then for them to still be number one despite the fact they have not played well whatsoever. Okay, let's look at their schedule. They have played. You ready? UT Martin. Oh, okay. All right, hey, you know, Cupcakes first game. That that happens. All right, but let's see. Maybe big game number two here. Week number two. Ball State. Okay, all right, all right, all right. You know, it's it happens, you know, maybe two warm-up games. Big one here in week number three. Big game here. Big game for a bad South Carolina team coming to town. Okay. So, two cupcakes and South Carolina. Okay, week four. Hey, okay. You know, maybe we're just getting this, the ball rolling here. Week four, who we got? UAB. Hmm. Okay. UAB. So, our schedule so far is UT Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, and then just finished this past Saturday, Auburn. Hmm. So let's add that up. First five games of the season, Georgia's resume includes an FCS school, two group of five schools, and two SEC schools that right now their combined records are five and five overall, and they are combined one and four in the SEC. Hmm. Does that sound resume-wise? Like, being 5-0 and with that murderer's row of a schedule 
is worth being the number one team in the country? Does that scream top five team in the country? The answer is no. Like, am I, I feel like I'm going crazy. This is ridiculous. The AP poll, uh, AP poll has to be disbanded. The fact that we are sitting here, and again, giving the Lifetime Achievement Award right now to Georgia through the first five weeks of the season is ridiculous. The poll has to be, how have you looked in 2023, and who have you played? Georgia right now has not looked elite or dominant whatsoever, and they have not played anybody. They have not had a ranked opponent on their schedule. They have not had any sort of test other teams in the country have already had. So if you're 0 for 1 in terms of looking dominant, if you're 0 for 2 in the sense that you've played nobody so far, how can we truly sit here through five weeks? Again, this is not week number one. We are not early September. We are a third of the way through the college football season. In an era where, by the way, there's only four playoff spots. We're not at 12 yet. We're at four. So guess what? These rankings actually matter. With four spots right here, how can you truly sit there and say Georgia is the best team in the country? What have they done to earn it? Reputation should have zero impact. 22-game winning streak has zero impact on how you look and how you play in 2023. Back-to-back national championships are great. The problem is a lot of those guys that won either in 2021 or 2022 are not on the roster in 2023. Why should guys that were not on the team and or not contributors in 2021 or 2022 get credits for stuff that their teammates achieved? Get credit for what their former teammates now in the NFL have achieved. It's not right. And I'm truly like apoplectic and just like, flabbergasted that we're sitting here and no one is saying boo. This is a problem. They have not earned and have not been so far the best team in the country. And again, when we're talking four spots here, when we're looking at right now a Big Ten that has three teams in the top six, when you're looking at a Pac-12 that is loaded up and down, when you're looking at a Big 12 conference that has a massive matchup this weekend in Oklahoma, Texas, that will go a long way for the winner in putting them in the college football playoff discussion. When you have the ACC right now led by an undefeated Florida State team, we are looking at, I mean, realistically, eight, nine, ten teams through the first month of the season that can legitimately, forget about making the college football playoff, can legitimately compete for a national championship. So these rankings matter. Where you are slotted actually matters because come voting time in December, when we whittle right now this list of 10, 12 teams down to four, Georgia should not be getting the benefit of the doubt because they have won national championships before, because they have had a long winning streak. If their resume doesn't say they're one of the best four teams in 2023, which so far, again, early so far does not, if their style of play, if their level of dominance against inferior teams does not say, well, they have been one of the best four teams in the country. They should not be number one, let alone in the top five. It's a travesty, an absolute travesty, but that's why I am here. Do not worry. Do not panic. 
the real poll, the only poll that matters is coming out next. I thought about this all weekend. It's a corny name. I get it. If you have any suggestions, I'm open for it. But Ryan's rankings, the real college football rankings are coming out next. Because guess what they're based on? I'm giving you the top five teams to the first month of college football based on how teams look and who they play. Are you dominant? And are you challenging yourself? Do you have impressive wins on your resume? The ones that do are getting rewarded. The ones that don't are not. So even though Georgia's number one and Michigan's number two, I can promise you this, not to ruin the rankings, they will not be one and two in my rankings. So we will get Ryan's rankings here. The true list of the top five teams in college football here when we do return. I do want to get your thoughts, though. Through the first month of the season, the AP poll is telling you that Georgia has been the best team in the country. I vehemently disagree. So I want to ask you, at 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227, am I crazy? Am I sitting here looking like a fool or sounding like a fool, I should say, trying to tell you that Georgia is not the number one team in the country? Or, or, are you with me here and you think another team right now has actually earned that title instead of kind of coasting by on previous year's success? 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. We give you the real college football top five rankings. When we do return, it's Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. We are ready. All right. Opinions welcome. It's Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4227. I want to throw in a really fast baseball note here, and that's this. It's not a surprise, but it just hammers home the point. There is no bigger fraud in sports, at least. We'll keep it at just sports. No bigger fraud in sports than Marlins, man. Never been a fan of his, to be honest, right? He does it for publicity anyway. He's always with beautiful women sitting behind home plate or sitting, you know, with an eye shot of the NBA Finals game or Kentucky Derby. Right? He always sits where he can be seen. I don't really get the whole gist. I don't know why he picked a Marlins hat and a Marlins jersey. I don't know if he just thought the neon orange would stick out the most. But he's always at sporting events. Again, I know he does it for attention. He's not a Marlins fan. But with that said, you would at least think with the Marlins in the playoffs, and unlike 2020, fans can actually be in attendance, Marlins, man, as the MLB playoffs start today, will be in Philadelphia to watch the Marlins take on the Phillies. Again, no bigger fraud in sports because you would think that's the case. It is not the case. I'm looking at my TV screw right now. Marlins man is in row two behind on plate of the Diamondbacks Brewers game. That's right. In Milwaukee. For that game, instead of being in Philadelphia to watch the team he wears on his chest everywhere he goes in the Miami Marlins. Again, not a surprise. Guy's a total fraud. Does it for publicity anyway. But here he is, Marlins man, playoff time with the Marlins in the playoffs at the Brewers-Diamondbacks game. The worst. He is the worst. Speaking of the worst, the AP poll is the worst. The fact that Georgia's number one is a joke. Is an absolute joke so far through the first five games of the season. 
That's what I want to ask you at 855-212-4227. Who has been so far the best college football team through the first month of the season? Thankfully, I am here to the rescue. The AP poll won't do it, so I will do it for you. Because I care about you, the college football fan. You, the listener. I have your best interests at heart, and that is giving you actual, reliable rankings. So I have compiled, unlike the AP poll, who is putting past history and giving lifetime achievement awards to Michigan and Georgia, I am giving you right now, through the first month of the season, the top five teams in college football. They are, number one, Texas. Texas is number one, Ohio State two, Oregon three, Washington four, Florida State five. Texas one, Ohio State two, Oregon three, Washington four, Florida State number five. Texas is number one for two reasons. They have the resume and they've passed the eye test. Wins over number three, Alabama on the road in Tuscaloosa. And also now they just smoked number 24, Kansas over the weekend in their latest game. And guess what? Played very well in both of those games. They didn't get lucky and beat Alabama. They went in there and kicked the Crimson Tide's tail. Won by double digits. Left no doubt who the better team was that Saturday down there in Tuscaloosa. They took care of business, and they did the same thing with Kansas. Even though Jalen Daniels was not playing, unfortunately, the Kansas starting quarterback was out. It's a ranked team, and guess what? The Longhorns didn't mess around. Put them out of their misery right away. Two wins over ranked opponents. They've looked good, really, so far in every game outside of Wyoming. Look, it was a hiccup against Wyoming. They were tied 10-10 in the fourth quarter. Can't have that. Can't have that. But since then, they have rebounded. They smoked Baylor, smoked Kansas, beat Alabama. They have the resume. They passed, uh, passed the eye test. They, right now, through the first month of the season, has been the best team in the country. It's not a projection. I'm not sitting here telling you Texas, by the end of the year, is back or that they're the best team in the country. This is reflections and rankings based only on what we have seen so far through the first month and the first month of 2023 only. Texas won, Ohio State two. I would argue they have the best resume right now or one of the best resumes in college football. Maybe now because Texas just beat number 24 Kansas, they take a little bit of a step back. But that road win over Notre Dame should not be overlooked. Did Ohio State look good in that game? No, they did not. Was it a pretty win? No. Was it a dominant win the way Texas dominated uh, Alabama? Absolutely not. But let's also not pretend like a top 10 win on the road is something to sneeze at. It's not. That's a legitimate win. So to Ohio State's credit, they challenged themselves by playing number nine Notre Dame, won the game on the road. Now again, Indiana, I'm not going to sit here and hype up Indiana. They're not very good, but the point is it's a conference road game. So at least if you're Ohio State, you have a top 10 road win, also a road win over a conference opponent. So for me, that's why they are number two in the country. Texas one, Ohio State two. Um, Oregon three, smoke Colorado. Right? They have by far looked the best. Their offense is clicking. Bo Nix is looking like a Heisman right now finalist. Defense is really physical as well. They've been really, really good so far. Um, really, really good so far through the first month of the season. They smoked and handled number 19 Colorado right now, their biggest and only test on their uh, schedule. They put Colorado to bed right away. Did not even make it a game. Clearly showed you the massive gap between where Oregon is and where Colorado is. 
That's why the Ducks right now are number three. Washington is number four. One of the most exciting and explosive offenses we have in the country. Again, led by Michael Penix Jr., who, just like Bo Nix, is playing his way to New York. Been so much fun to watch. This wide receiver room that the Huskies have, you could argue right now it's the best in college football. You could absolutely argue with the way they are playing. They have the best wide receiver room in all college football right now. The biggest thing for Washington, at least why they're behind Oregon, their resume, their schedule. Not played really anyone too challenging, but but unlike Georgia, who has not played anyone challenging and has stubbed their toe a little bit, Washington has done the opposite. Their best win, maybe Boise State, it could be last week against Arizona, but any opponent Washington has played, they have just obliterated. Obliterated. So to their credit, while their resume is not as good as Texas's or Ohio State's or even Oregon's, they have at least looked good while blowing out inferior opponents. And finally, number five, Florida State. Look, solid resume, right? Win over LSU, neutral site. Win over Clemson. Neither of those wins now are looking, uh, looking particularly great. As you see, LSU now continue to fall down the rankings, and Clemson right now is unranked and can't get out of their own way. But so far for Florida State, they have a better resume than a lot of other teams. They're undefeated. I'm a little nervous about them. I don't think they're going to make it through the year undefeated. I don't like the fact that they are so reliant on Jordan Travis and the passing offense. They can't run the ball, and their defense is not very good. Don't like the fact that they're so top-heavy. But to their credit so far, they have gotten through undefeated. Again, nice win over LSU, blew them out. Escaped against Clemson now. Again, questions about BC as well. But to their credit so far, I think they have earned the fifth and final spot. So those are the rankings that matter. Those are the rankings you need. And the truthful rankings. Unlike the AP poll, who has Georgia 1 and Michigan 2, neither of those teams right now through the first month of the season, to me, have earned anything to be uh, to being in those slots, let alone being in the top five. So the top five college football poll that actually should matter to you. Texas 1, Ohio State 2, Oregon 3, Washington 4, Florida State number 5. Love to hear from you at 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. So far through the first month of the season, who would you say has been the best team in college football so far? Jeff is calling from California. What's up, Jeff? Hey, what's going on, man? What's up? How are we doing, Jeff? We're good. We're good. So you know what? I was waiting to hear your list, and I can't tell you. I, I can't agree with you more. You uh, nailed wow. it. You know, it seems like the... Uh, the AP poll, they don't even watch some of these West Coast games, and it's been something that's been going on forever, it seems like. But, you know, I'm a huge Texas fan. I love the fact that you got them number one. But these Pac-12 teams, they are so dominating. And you can almost even throw USC in there for the fact that they look terrible in the second half against Colorado. But it's all going to play out. Oregon is, is by far the best team right there with Washington and Texas and Florida State. You know, that list is just spot on. I couldn't agree with you more. Wow, no disagreements whatsoever. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. I'm sure it does help that the fact that Texas is number one. But look, to Texas's credit, they've earned it. Now, again, big one this weekend against Oklahoma. Red River rivalry is back. Number three, Texas, at least according to eight people. Number 12, Oklahoma. Maybe I'll talk to ESPN before uh, that game kicks off. We can get Ryan's rankings there and, and put the number one next to Texas uh, Texas's name like they deserve. Like, that's what's a frustrating part is to Texas's credit, they have played well. And I am someone, by the way, who 
hates Texas in the sense that I despise anyone and everyone that says they're back when they win one game because they feel like they do it every year. There's always hype about Texas going into the season. They're always overhyped in the AP poll. There's always belief because people look at the recruiting rankings of, oh, this has to be the year Texas finally breaks through. The Big 12's not that good. And they always, every single year, do the same Texas thing. They always either play up to their competition and impress, play down to their competition and lose games they shouldn't. And so this is not me being a, a homer, if you will, or trying to look at this with burnt orange colored glasses on. They have earned it. And for me, as someone who, again, is not a believer in Texas, who has to see it from them first before I believe it, again, through the first month of the season, I can't tell you there's been a more impressive team so far through the first month of the season than, than Texas. Fred is calling from Kentucky. What's up, Fred? Hey, what's up, Ryan? You are on fire, buddy. Oh, wow. All right. I'm telling you, I, hey, I'm a college football psycho. I'm a Bama fan, buddy. Uh, so you know when you when you got a Bama fan on here, we're you know we're stereotyped as being biased. SEC, the hardest conference, this, that, and the other. Let me tell you that finally we have a lot of great teams out there in every conference. Pack two, I call them the Pack two. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, let me tell you something. Michigan schedule is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Georgia's schedule is bad enough, but I will. I'm looking at both of them and have been for about a week now. And jo- Michigan should be embarrassed with their schedule. I mean, I almost want you to throw that on the air like you did Georgia's. Well, here's for pick. Michigan. For Michigan's credit, at least they still have to play what number six Penn State and number I think four or five Ohio State. I forget the exact rankings True. right now. So they still have, have two top ten games on their schedule. To this point, though, you're right. They have not played anyone, at least to their credit, though. They have handled and dominated their inferior opponents, I think, better than Georgia has. Right, and I have Penn State winning the Big Ten this year. Oh, that's my, let's go, that's Fred. my surprise pick. Yeah. Speaking to an uh, alum, you know how to fire me up. But I tell you what, Florida State is my number one. They beat little old Clemson at Clemson, which I know is a down year for them. Yep. Uh, the LSU win doesn't look as great now, but I think the way LSU's putting points on the board, their defense is not up to par. But Florida State gets my number one. Texas to Ohio State showing some moxie, at least playing Notre Dame, three. And then I got Washington and Oregon tied, and I can't wait for that matchup. Two weeks, two weeks, Fred. Appreciate the call, buddy. Appreciate your non-SEC bias. The thing with Florida State is, why I don't have them number one. I have them actually flipped in my rankings, number five. Again, nice win over LSU that now is looking worse by the week. Nice win over Clemson. But let's also not forget, the Tigers down year for them. And the week before that Clemson game, they got lucky to escape Boston College. Boston College is not very good. So if you're Florida State right now, your best win is looking less and less impressive in LSU by the day. And your last two wins against Boston College and Clemson, two teams that are not very good and or on your level right now, you've gotten, frankly, lucky to to escape with wins against. So that's why, for me, Florida State has a lot of still flaws, even though they're undefeated. And in my top five, still has a lot of flaws to iron out where I don't feel good about Florida State going forward and why I still got questions for them. But... At least for right now, they have earned it through the first month of being number five, not number one.
that's that's goes to Texas, but Florida State at least does uh, sit there at number five. All right. Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4227. Tweet me at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Through the first month of the season, who has been right now, in your mind, the best team in college football? We'll continue to take your thoughts on that. Also, also, if you hate Earth, if you hate living on Earth, I got good news for you. You can move. You can move as soon as 2040. We'll tell you where you can move. Again, not on this planet. By the year 2040, when we do return, Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. It's Ryan Hickey with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Trying to decipher, trying to figure out who's truly the best team in college football through the first month. The AP poll is telling you it's Georgia. I'm here telling you it's not. Because I, at least through the first month of the season, looking with my eyes, can't see how Georgia could truly be the best team in the country right now with how they've played and who they have played. They have not been a, a very dominant team whatsoever. They struggled against a bad Auburn team who was 83rd in total offense coming into Saturday. Let them run up and down the field on them. Tie game in the fourth quarter. You're down 14-3 against a middling South Carolina team at home. Offense has been anything but explosive. Defense has not been as dominant as we have seen Georgia defenses be the last few years. And so you couple the eye test not really being impressive along with the fact that their resume has not been built on anything. They haven't beat anybody. They played one FCS school two group of five schools, and two SEC schools that are bottom right now of the barrel, how is how is that impressive? How is that number one in the country caliber? It's not. It is absolutely not. And so when you actually look right now at the rankings and you look at, I should say more, at these teams and how they have played, for me, the rankings are this. It's very simple, very easy. Texas right now, through the first month of the season, is by far the best team in the country. They have the resume. They have the wins at Alabama versus a ranked Kansas team at home. And they've played well outside of one, three quarters that were, that were a little hairy against Wyoming. Otherwise, to their credit, they have played well. Texas has the resume and they've passed the eye test. They are, to me, the best team in the country. Ohio State's too. Their resume is impeccable. Road top 10 victory at Notre Dame. Three Oregon four Washington, five Florida State. Those, to me, are the five best teams right now in college football through the first month. I don't know why the AP poll is still putting Georgia number one. I don't know why the AP poll is looking at that and, and saying Michigan's still the second-best team in the country. It's not a participation award. I should say it's not a lifetime achievement award. It is, I guess, technically partly a participation award. you got to participate in order to be a part of it. But Georgia has not, on the field, earned the number one ranking this year. And again, the poll should be this year and this year only. So 855-212-4227. And Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. Who do you think, through the first month of the season, has been the best team in college football? David is calling from Dallas. What's up, David? Hey, Hickey. First thing, is this going to become the new regular show every night? No, sir. This is a rotating... Um, Slots, I'll be here tomorrow night. 
Uh, but otherwise, it'd be a, a week by week basis for at least the uh, interim. Oh man! Well, I, I'm hoping they give it to you. I think we need Hick and Knight every night. <laughs> Spike asking if you're listening seriously. That's the move to make. Second of all, Oregon. They should be number one. Oregon's just laying there in the weeds, doing their business out there on the West Coast. The one really huge game they get with Colorado, all the hype in the world, mm-hmm. everything there, and they go in there and they do what they need to do. You know, they, let's face it, they were the first team to really let the air out of Deion Sanders' sale this season. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, they took him to the woodshed, Dave, right? And to their credit, I know it was you know, not leading up to the game. It was just more in the, the pregame. That was leaked out of Dan Lanning's speech to his team in the locker room. But at least all week, you could tell they were frustrated with the attention Colorado was getting, and they absolutely did something about it. So they talked the talk, if you will. I know, again, they didn't really talk a lot of smack. But they backed it up on the field. The reason why, at least for me, Oregon is three and not one is I like Texas's and Ohio State's resumes better. They each have two ranked wins, uh, or I should say, excuse me, Texas has two ranked wins, Alabama's one. Both ranked wins are better right now than what Oregon has because both are on the road. Again, you got a big one coming up here in two weeks. Oregon, Washington should be a lot of fun. But at least right now, Oregon has been one of the by far the best teams in the country. That, though, David, is why for me, they are three right now, not one. That's fair enough. We'll see ultimately in the college football playoff. Right, right. We still got two months to go, which is the best part. And I appreciate the call, David. Um, and thank you for the very unnecessary but kind words. Um, that is the best part is we're going to see it play out right in front of our eyes here. Two months ago, a lot of these teams are playing each other, and this is going to be a, a really tough year to whittle down. But I think right now easily 10, maybe even 11 or 12 teams could legitimately win a national title this year, whittle those teams down right now to four. But at least so far through the first month. And part of the reason why I think it's so important to have these rankings be accurate is because when there are so many teams on the same level, whittling them down and going from 10 to 4, you have to use it and base it based on what teams are doing this year. Previous success to me has no bearing and or impact on this specific season. Chris is calling from Anchorage. What's up, Chris? Hey, guys. What's happening? How are you doing, man? I'm Great. It's a beautiful day in Anchorage, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, well, I believe it. I mean, it's still what, October, so still still plenty of time yeah. before it gets dark and cold, right? Uh, yeah, but we're losing at least 10 minutes a day. We've got snow termination dust everywhere, so it's only a matter of... Snow termination dust? What is that? Termination dust is what you get right before it snows up on the mountains, so oh. they're all nice and green, and then all of a sudden overnight, they're white. Interesting. And it's up, it's up really high, so... It's snowing up there, but not down here yet. Oh, I didn't know it had a name for it. Okay, there we go. Learn something new right here on CBS Sports Radio. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, I'm uh, from Georgia, Georgia alum. Raised here since I was four. Went back a lot, but huge Georgia fan. I just How did to, you become a Georgia fan in. in Anchorage, Alaska? I was born in Marietta, Georgia. Okay. And moved here for the pipeline. My parents were hippies. It's a long story, but we're, we moved here. Left here at 18. Went to school in Nashville, and then I got my master's at Georgia, but been a Georgia fan since I could walk. So I'm assuming you're not happy with me leaving Georgia out of the top five. <laughs> no, but it's understandable. So it's like I've got a total, like, 90% agreement with you that 
First of all, we had the weakest schedule ever. I think we played a high school last week. I mean, the week before, <laughs> but the first two games. But, yeah, I mean, that's definitely terrible. But for me, you know, it's like three words. It's undefeated almost three years in a row. The best tight end in the football. They should go number five in the draft in NFL. He's that good. The running back, as you know, we're a machine. Edwards is a machine. Everybody in that backfield could possibly and will be a machine. And then we have Beck, who's been sitting there waiting to get his chance. He's not great. No. He's going to get better, and he gets better every week. But here's the thing, Chris. And the defense. If they get better, that's fine. But right now, at least with the AP poll, like these polls should be based on what you're doing right uh, now. They have not looked like the best team in the country. No. Well, I mean, again, they got to play in Auburn. They got to go play in LSU. All these teams on the West Coast that we talked about, the good news is they all get to play each other. We're going to know who's better between Oregon and USC and Washington. We're going to know all this by the end of the year. And only one of them might make it, right? And so no, you're right Georgia's, about that. Georgia's is right in to the playoffs, right? All we got to do is not lose. That so well, those other teams have, but they don't have to go into an SEC school and play with those crowds. You've been to those stadiums. It's nuts. I'm not saying it's not nuts with those other ones. But in the SEC, when it counts, it's freaking crazy. You know, I, I went to Auburn. Penn State played at Auburn last year, Chris, so appreciate the call. So I, that was my first experience with an SEC crowd. It was loud. I'm not going to sit here and pretend it's not loud. I also feel like it's loud at a lot of other places as well and hostile environments. And the reality is this year, the SEC is not as good as it used to be. The Pac-12 is by far a way stronger, deeper, better conference right now than the SEC. Look at Georgia's schedule. We're crapping on the schedule. They play nobody in part because no one right now in the SEC is very good. That's also part of the problem. And that's why, at least for me, even though Georgia's played nobody, part of the reason like that's so important for them to um, pass the eye test is when you're not playing anybody, at least if you're dominant, you can at least hang your hat on that. Well, but you can only control who's on your schedule. Each year, teams fluctuate, some good, some bad. So you can only control that. But if you also are not playing great football while winning these games, but also playing down to your competition and struggling with inferior teams, how good are you? And in one year, I think right now at least Georgia is on the outside or should be on the outside looking in. Okay, really fast here. Great news for those who are sick of living on planet Earth. The New York Times published an article today, and that is this. NASA is planning on building houses on the moon by the year 2040. These houses, you would think, I assumed, right, would, oh, for the astronauts, right? They're there, they're working, they're, they place the stage, probably more comfortable than the space station. No, 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 no. These houses, for regular civilians like you and me. 17 years from now, people could be living on the moon by the year 2040. 40. That to me sounds ridiculous and something I will not be thinking about or, or interested in whatsoever. And frankly, I think it's the dumbest thing anyone could do, at least right now. Because the first people going up there, the first people inhabiting, living on, uh, on the moon, you're the guinea pigs. For lack of a better term, you are the guinea pigs. Are there aliens? Hell, I don't know. A lot of evidence to suggest yes. Are there aliens on the moon? I don't want to find out. I don't want to move into my nice new moon home. All of a sudden, I got aliens next door breaking in. 
Hell no, I'm not, I'm not down for that. I'm not signing up for that. What if the what if the house built is can't withstand the climate? What if you find some sort of leak? A lot of things that unfortunately I don't want to be the first to find out with, right? It's a lot of trial and error. Why a lot of these buildings are built, how a lot of houses are these days, everything that we have technology-wise in 2023, largely built on what? Trial and error. What works, what doesn't work. I'm not going to be the trial, and I certainly do not want to be the error living on the moon, finding out the hard way that, oh, we ran out of oxygen too fast. Or, oh, man, that the house, like, the, the, the walls were not built correctly, and now all of a sudden they're just caving in because the, the moon climate is insane. No, thank you. I mean, could we get TV? How am I supposed to live without, you know, sports on my, on my TV? Can you get a, a direct TV channel? Or can you get a satellite, you know, connection on the moon? No interest. I, I don't know why anyone, honestly, would have interest living on the moon 17 years from now. Less than 100 years, by the way, when people first touched down the moon. Okay, when we return, Mac Jones and the Patriots have stunk. Who deserves the most blame right now for their slow start? Is it Mac Jones or Bill Belichick? To me, it's Bill Belichick. I'll tell you why next. It's Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. 